All right, everybody, we're on the line with PFL 2021 competitor who came in off of a huge win over the former WEC and UFC lightweight champion. That is Cassius Clay Collard. How are you doing, Clay? I'm doing very well, thank you. No problem, no problem. Well, obviously, I'd like to get started. You know, you're coming off of your PFL debut against, like we already said, a former champion in two organizations, you know, Anthony Showtime Pettis. And what are your thoughts on the fight itself? And what were your thoughts, you know, being able to go in there against uh, a champion and uh, a highly touted, you know, competitor? Because some could consider him a legend of the sport in Anthony Showtime Pettis. Um, you know, I, I uh, wanted him or the champ right off the bat. Uh, uh, the champ is in last year's champ, Nathan Schulte. Yeah. Nathan Schulte, yeah, so, I think. Uh, I, yeah, I wanted uh, one of those two right off the bat. I was saying that in all of my interviews leading up to the fight, you know. Um, I, I felt like I, I, I was a bad matchup. I feel like I'm a bad matchup for anybody, but um, I felt like I was, a, I was a bad matchup for both of them. And... Um, I wanted to, I wanted a coming out party kind of, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Yeah. Um, I wanted to, you know, let everybody know that I deserve to be here and, you know, I'm, I'm chasing after the, that PFL belt and that million dollars. So yeah, I was, I was looking forward to, to fighting either of them, you know, um, fighting a guy like Anthony Pettis only ups my stock in a sense, you know, beating, like you said, a former WEC champion and, and UFC champion. So, um, yeah. Uh, well, what do you think the keys were for you to beat a guy like Anthony? Do you think it's just pressure and constant combinations or is that, is that kind of how you figured the fight would go? You just had to put the pr- the pressure on him and push him back and not like stand back and stare at him like some people do. And that's how they get caught. Yeah, you know, he um, he likes to use his distance and his movement to set up his kicks. And uh, it's hard to kick somebody when they're in, the, in, in your face throwing punches nonstop, you know. So, so it's hard to, to land a flashy kick when they're in your face throwing punches. So, um, of course, uh, you know, he's, he's fought and had problems with pressure fighters before. And um, so that that's... And not only was wasn't was it our game plan, but that's how I I fight. I'm a I'm a move forward, beat you up kind of guy, you know. So um, that's why I felt like I was a bad matchup for him in the first place. But yeah, our game our game plan was to ace and, and punch him till he fell down for sure. Yeah, um, there was obviously a point in the fight you were dominating the fight almost from start to finish, but when he did land that combination on you that hurt you, how badly were you hurt, and was it hard for you to come back from that? So he landed the kick, um, which put me on my butt for sure, you know. I was still present through all of it. Like, I never, I, I, I definitely never, like, lost any consciousness you know like I, I was present through the through the whole thing he caught me with the kick and i jumped up real quick like oh crap that's yeah. not good i gotta get back up you know so i popped up real quick and he came at me 
and I, I, my instinct was to shoot, you know. So I shot, and he threw that knee, which landed as well. Yeah. But um, if I do recall correctly, I ended up getting away and ending ending the, the round on top. Right. So. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. A, I mean, you're in a fist fight, man. You're gonna have ups and downs, and and you're gonna get hit. You know. <laughs> Very rarely do you get a flawless victory, you know. Yeah. So, um. Yeah, I was I was present through the whole thing. Um. I, I fought through it. I got back up to my feet, and I ended the round on top. So, in a fifteen minute fight, he had about twenty seconds where everybody where where everybody you know thought he might have had it, but yeah, that's twenty seconds in a fifteen minute fight. I still think I I, I mean. Yeah, it was a nice highlight of that round, but I think the rest of the round I was beating him up. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I beat him up for four minutes and 40 seconds. He has 20 seconds. I, I still feel like I win the round. Yeah. Especially because I fought through the adversity and, and ended the round on top. So. Yeah, 100%. Like like we said, you you had that little hiccup where you got hurt, but the rest of the fight you were dominating, pushing, putting the pressure and – you know, just pushing them back and not standing there staring at them like some fighters do. Um, you know, you've also fought in professional boxing, you know, and a lot of people may not realize, what, what do you think the biggest difference is when it comes to the hands and, and the distance and, and distance management in a fist fight compared to professional mixed martial arts as compared to doing it in a professional boxing setting? Oh, man, it's... I mean, they're both combat sports, so there are similarities. But uh, boxing, you're fighting more in a phone booth. Mm -hmm. um, MMA, if a guy gets in boxing range and, and starts throwing shots, you know, I can clinch him, I can grab him, I can shoot, I can kick, I can push him back with a, you know, with a teep or something like that. So the distant management is probably the, the biggest difference. Mm -hmm. Um, and then just boxers hand speed and power, man, mm -hmm. um, that they solely work on their hands. So their hand speed is just night and day different most of the time, you know, and, um, their accuracy, that's all they got to use is their hands. So, um, the accuracy is there. Uh, I think they, they have more accuracy boxers do, um, and speed and power, man, because that's all that that's all they're working on. So. Yeah. So it's kind of would you say it's kind of like the saying we've heard before, like precision beats power and timing beats speed. I mean, not it's obviously not the same thing, but they're just so much more precise with their hands because that's all they work with. Yes, sir. All right, and obviously you've got a fight coming up next against Jol Jolton Luderbosch. Um, what do you think of your upcoming opponent on June 10th? And where do you feel like you can have the most success in this upcoming contest? Um, I, I believe, you know, standing up, I'm going to have the most success, whether it's boxing or kickboxing or clinching him against the cage. I, I think on the feet is where I'm, I'm going to dominate. Um, you know, I, he has a lot of fights. I think he's got like like forty something, fifty something fights. So he's got a lot of fights, a lot of experience. Um, as far as 
film study and watching him, I don't really worry too much about that. I let my coach handle all of that. Um, you know, my coach is going to set up the game plan. He's going to have me work on what I need to work on. And I'm just going to trust in the process and trust in him. Mm-hmm. Um, like I've done for many, many years. So, um, you know, I, I like to say that they're locked in the cage with me. I'm not locked in the cage with them. Right. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm going to go out there and fight him like he's the world champion. Like I do everybody, you know, he's the, he's the greatest fighter I've ever fought to date, in my opinion, you know, just because he's my next opponent. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to trust in the process, go out there and fight my fight, do what I need to do. I'm not worried about what he's doing. I'm worried about what I'm doing. And, um, uh, I'm going to try to get a, a dominant performance, you know, dominant win. Right. And, uh, I think it's important to, um, like what you said about the tape study, do you think that some fighters like over rely on studying the tape themselves? And then that kind of gets in the way of maybe what their coach's game plan might be for them because they're worrying about, Oh, well I saw in this fight, he, he, you know, pivoted and threw a left hook in this position, but he's not doing it here. Like, is that something you think gets in a lot of fighters heads? Yeah, honestly, um, you could film study a guy, watch every single one of his fights, analyze every single one of his fights, and he's going to come out and be completely different. I mean, people are always evolving. People are always changing in this sport. So um, I 100% think that people can overanalyze, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you. I mean, like I said, you can film study all you want, and then he's going to come out and, you know, the guy's on his feet. 90% of his fights, all of a sudden he's shooting a takedown on you, you know? So, um, I, I just feel like you need to focus on yourself, focus on what you're good at, what you're capable of, and, and you know, try to try to implement that in the fight. So. Right. Um, you know, we'll go a little bit off of your nickname, you know, Cassius Clay Collard. I'm guessing you got it from, obviously, Cassius Clay Muhammad Ali, but is there any other... Thing that your nickname was based off of when you came up with so actually um my nickname cassius clay is from uh way back in the day um a, a guy named cassius clay who was an abolitionist okay. he fought uh, against slavery um he brought a knife to a gunfight and won <laughs> uh they tried to kill him a handful of times shot him in the chest he ran the guy down with his he, with the bullet in his chest. He ran the guy down and ended up stabbing him. Um, he uh, had a newspaper and he had guns hidden all over the newspaper and uh, cannons in the newspaper building lined up at the door just in case anybody tried to come after him. So, uh, yeah, I posted a thing on, on my Facebook about him not too very long ago. So. Um, that's that's where the nickname Cassius Clay came from, and obviously I'm a boxer. I grew up boxing. I I, I have always admired Muhammad Ali and and what he's done in the sport and who he is as a person. So um, obviously him as well. I had another nickname early in my career. Uh, my very first fight. I, knocked the kid out in like 12 seconds mm-hmm. and my, my boss at the time started calling me blackout because <laughs> I black, blacked him out in 
in 12 seconds, you know? So he called me that for a little while. And then, um, I fought for an organization called Showdown Fights, and the promoter was like, I don't really like the nickname, man. He's like, I think you need to change it. I think you need to change it. And I'm like, there's only one other nickname I'll take. <laughs> and uh, that's how I became Cassius. So. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting story. I've never heard of uh, – I figured you based it off of Muhammad Ali. I didn't know that it was based off of a guy who basically, like you said, won a gunfight with a knife or brought a knife to a gunfight and won. Yeah, yeah, he uh, – so, um, he was, his parents were all, like owned slaves and stuff like that. And then as he became, uh, he was raised by his Nana who was, uh, um, a black lady. And so when he grew up, he was so against slavery and things like that, yeah. you know? So, mm -hmm. because he's like, man, here's this lady who pretty much raised me. And so he started, um, Pay, paying him when he took over he started paying him wages and then he was actually one of the first guys who fought against um slavery so yeah that, that's really interesting man i i, I, I had no idea yeah. Do some research man <laughs> yeah yeah i'm gonna yeah. have to <laughs> um we'll move on this is something i i'm sure you get a lot but who was your toughest fight in mixed martial arts and then who was your toughest fight in professional boxing, in your opinion? Man, it's hard to say because I believe I'm my own worst enemy, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. um, I've had really, really tough fights because of what I was doing, not because of my opponent, you know? Um, yeah. One of the toughest times and toughest fights is when I fought Mowgli. Okay. Uh, Gabriel Benitez, Benitez out in uh, out in Mexico City. Right. Um, that that was a really tough fight for me. Um, yeah, I don't I don't I don't know if it was. I mean, I, a lot of it had to do with what I was doing as a person, you know. Mm -hmm. um, not really what what, but he was. Yeah, I just uh, I thought I wasn't. Uh, I didn't have my head on head on straight during that. So. Yeah. Um, and then uh, boxing, I fought this 18-year-old kid named Maurice Winslow. Uh, the third? The third. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and uh, man, he hit hard, he was quick, he was just, man, he was a tough son of a gun. So, um, but then I also fought Bechtemir. Uh, I can't remember something back to me. Okay. Uh, the the I went up to like one seventy five, which is way too big for me to be fighting, especially in boxing. Um, yeah. And he just kept. I, I he came in one time swinging for a liver shot, and I caught him with a straight right, and it didn't even phase the guy, man. Yeah. He just ate. He just ate it like for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, man. He he just walked through that thing. So. Um, yeah, he was a monster. That guy's a monster. Is, is that kind of going off what we said earlier about MMA and boxing, where, like, what might hurt somebody in MMA when you catch them compared to a boxer where all they see is the hands? It's a little bit different and harder to catch them? Um, I don't know, man. I hit him pretty hard, dude. He just is a, he's a freaking nature, bro. <laughs> I hit him pretty hard regardless of the sport I'm in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
But I've got knockouts in boxing. I've got knockouts in MMA. And I caught him coming in one time flush. And he just ate it like, yeah, like I said, he ate that for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> yeah. He said, I caught him coming in too. He was he was searching for that liver shot. I know he's knocked out like he's knocked out every one of his opponents with this. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna catch him with that right coming in, and I did. Boom! And he just still moved in and crashed my liver, man. Big dude. Damn. Um, yeah, yeah, that dude's a monster. <laughs> man, that's uh, that that. <laughs> That's crazy. You just take it and just keep He's moving forward. He's lucky it wasn't an MMA fight. I would have yeah. took him down real quick. <laughs> choked him. I would have taken him down and choked the life out of him. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was playing his game. <laughs> um, you know, you fought earlier in your career who many consider to be one of the best, if not the best, 145-pounder in the world in Max Blessed Holloway back in 2014. Um what did you think of Max when you were in there with him? What's something you noticed from him that maybe you didn't notice from other people at that time? Uh, his endurance, man. Um, I I think that's what gave him the edge in that fight. I I took the fight on seven days' notice. I was I had been out of the gym a couple months. I'd like got married. I. They went on a honeymoon. I, I was taking a lot of time off, and uh, my manager called me and was like, "You know, I've got, I got I got you a fight in the UFC. Can you make 145?" I'm like, "No." I was like 176 pounds. Yeah. Seven days out, I was like, "No, I, I won't be able to make it." So he did the catch weight at 50, and he just didn't slow down, and I did. So I think that was the biggest difference in that fight. Um, and I mean, you see it. You see it still to this day in all of his fights. He just he'll wear he'll wear wear people out, wear people down, and just nonstop. His his conditioning is is top notch for sure. Yeah, is there anyone in your career that who do you think is the best person you've ever trained with? It could be somebody from your gym. It could be somebody you worked with from another camp. Who do you think is the best person? you've ever trained with or maybe the guy you've you learned the most from in your career oh man that's um I, i've learned so much from so many people you know it's it's hard to say everybody's good at, at certain things the best training partner for me so far has been my little brother okay um just just because you know, we're willing to work without any ego in the way, or if, you know, one of us gets caught, it, it doesn't, I mean, I, I trained at, at Extreme Couture for a while, and when you catch somebody, it, it goes from sparring in the, <laughs> into a straight fist fight, you know, so, yeah. um, it's nice, it's nice to be able to step away from fighting and, and just be able to, you know, um, have a partner that's, you know, willing to set everything aside and just work with you and learn with you and grow with you and not, you know, let, let the ego and the, Oh, you caught me. So now I got to get you and just yeah. try to kill each other. The whole, you know, that mindset. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he's, he's been the, the best for me so far. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, do you think it's like you said, you think it's better 
to work with your brother because you guys know each other more than any than another training partner who you could just step in off the street in another gym and and cat and like train with them you think that the the family dynamic and just knowing each other helps with the quality of the training yeah you know not only that but um you know i'm not i'm not trying to hurt him he's not trying to hurt me we're we're, we're trying to get better and and grow and so yeah you know we we tr- i trust him with with my life you know? yeah so um having having that dynamic and that relationship and working together and growing together is just something special honestly yeah um who is uh Everybody asks this question. It's it's something that I think everybody would ask if they're interviewing a professional fighter. Who is your quintessential dream fight? It could be any promotion. It could be PFL. Who is somebody you've, you've never stepped? Who do I want to fight? Yeah, I want to beat up Conor McGregor, man. Yeah, that's yeah. the guy. Yeah, man. Uh... You know, he's, he's dabbled a little bit in boxing. He likes standing up. Uh, it'd either be him or I think I beat up Dustin Poirier, too. Or, <laughs> nah, nah, scratch all that. It's Justin Gaethje, man. Really? I like Justin Gaethje. <laughs> Why is it Gaethje? Uh, it, it, uh, it, he, they, they call him the most violent person in mixed martial arts. And, and uh... Uh, yeah, I, I, I want to put that to the test. You know, I, I think I'm the most violent dude in this sport. So, <laughs> um, and he's—I mean, he—he he, uh, goes out and puts on a show for the fans, and that's why we do. That's why I do this. You know, yeah. I, I, I fight because I want to put on a show, and I want—I'm trying to—I'm trying to be fight of the night every single time. You know, so I know for a fact if me and Justin Gaethje threw down, it would be. One for the record books, for sure. <laughs> right. I, I read somewhere he had actually fought in PFL before, back in the day, right? Yeah, yeah, back when it was WSOF, I believe. Yeah, I, I didn't know that. I was I was doing research, and I saw on his yeah, record. that's where it came from, I believe. Yeah. Um, well, I guess we were talking about McGregor and Gaethje and Poirier. Uh, what did you think of Michael Chandler this past weekend, the fight against Charles Oliveira? What did you make of that fight? Uh, a, you got to finish the fight. B, if you beat a guy up that bad the first round, you can't let him come out and put it on you. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know. Oliveira Oliver is a beast, though, man. He's... He's yeah, and he fought through the adversity, you know. Um, he fought through getting beat up that first round, and, and, and that's a world class fighter right there, hundred percent. He deserves that belt. Um, yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think that's something that a lot of people were giving him crap for too, like leading up to this fight was, and it, and I was one of them because I picked Chandler to knock him out. I was like, I don't think he can handle the power. You know, he got dropped, basically almost got finished, and was able to tie him up get him in the guard and, you know, recover and then come out and knock him out. So I think he proved a lot to himself and he proved a lot to other people because the one thing he was always having trouble with was the short, stocky wrestlers or, or guys who could just throw hands and that right hand was something that he always seemed to get caught with. 
Then he got caught with it in this fight, and he still came back and, and weathered the storm. So I think it was a big fight for him, as well as just showing how good he is. I mean, now he's on a nine-fight win streak, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, how many? The guy has, like, 28 UFC fights now, 29 UFC yeah. fights or something like that. Yeah. I mean, the guy's, the guy's seen everything there is to see. I mean, with that many fights at that level of competition, that I mean, the guy's – you guys seeing about everything anybody's gonna throw at him, you know. So um, yeah, just fighting through the adversity and coming back after that round, it that's that impresses me more than anything because um, I worked with Frank Mir a while a while ago, and he talked about the emotional battle you have in a fight. You know, yeah. When you're doing good, when you're beating a guy up, you don't get tired. You know, <laughs> like you're like. When you're getting beat up, it seems like you're tired, you're winded, you're, you know, and and he fought through that that emotional battle with himself and and you know that emotional roller coaster that goes on during the fight, you know, and to come back after that first round and 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 have a second round, have that second round end the way it, it did is just, you know, speech measures. Yeah, hundred um, percent. It's kind of it's kind of like going off what you said. Like it's you versus you. So he got hurt so bad, and he had to find a way to come back and and really just crush it in the next round. And that was that was a tough first round, like we said. Like I feel like if Chandler landed a couple more punches in that position, it, it would have been over. Yeah, and uh, fight through it. Like I said, man, speech measures. I mean, that's. That's straight willpower right there, you know, to, to come back and to shake it off and to, you know, get your head back in the game. After getting beat up like that, man, you, you, it starts to play a mental game on you and start start to doubt everything, everything, <laughs> everything that you are and to, to not let that doubt set in and to work through it and come back and, 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 and end it like you did in spectacular fashion, you know, it's just... Uh, it's it's amazing to see. Yeah. Yeah, I think you hit the nail right on the head. Well, I mean, we kind of wrapped up with every question that I had for you and uh I think I think I think we had a good a good session, a good talk, but is there anything you want to say to your fans, anything you want to say to anybody in that bracket in the PFL for your next fight? Um first off, I want to get a shout out uh System Tech FS uh, FST filtration, a um, couple of my sponsors for PFL, Sunday Night Sunday night Clothing. Uh, they have a, a amazing mixed martial arts gear and rash guards. And, uh, they're, they're really awesome. So uh, if you're looking to get some new gear, I'd go check out Sunday Night's Clothing. Okay. Other than that, man, I just want to let everybody, all my fans know and everybody in PFL know that I am coming for that strap, I'm not here to take part. Uh, I, I I am coming to dominate and, and, and to get that belt. So, uh, you know, keep your eyes on me. I'm gonna be working. I've been working. I'm gonna keep working, and, and, and I'm coming for that belt. All right, man. So, uh, thank you for the talk, and uh, I'd love to have you on again in the future if you're down. Yeah, anytime, man. All right, thank you, man. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Yep, have a wonderful evening. You too, man. Thank you.